0: All right. Good morning. How are you?
1: (laughs) I'm doing well. Doing well. Just back from a great trip in Michigan the last week or so, Mm -hmm. a little bit less. It's fantastic. We, um, as you know, we uh, acquired a just a fantastic, fantastic firm group of people out there in um, Traverse City, Michigan, and it was great to be out there to. Uh, see them, meet a number of clients. It was it was uh, a great trip.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Well, good to have you back. And I, I love that crew too. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> it speaks to my heart. Um, yep. I was wondering if we could spend some time talking about, since I know you've been speaking with clients a lot and you do anyway, mm. but uh, in particular um, these days, and I'm um, just wondering what's on people's minds. What are people concerned about, um, especially folks who are perhaps either in retirement or approaching retirement in this moment in time?
1: You know, well, a lot of things, right? I mean, for the that particular, People either very soon going to be entering retirement or already in retirement. It It is obviously one of the biggest transitions somebody goes through, right? I mean, you're, you're transitioning from, in most cases, a place where you have earned a living, earned a a salary from either a company or you owned a business and perhaps had a liquidity event or, for example, sold the business to somebody else so that you could retire. Maybe you passed it down to family members, and maybe that's been a process over the last number of years to hand that off, or perhaps you just more traditionally just retired. You worked for a company for a period of time or companies for a long period of time and retired it is an interesting emotional transition hmm. in a number of ways, right? Um, financially speaking, I think, to to, to to get back to answering your question, um, it's also um, an emotional time. Financially, regardless of what might be happening in the economy or the, or the, or the markets at that time. Right now you're transitioning the way I, the way I conceptually think about retirement, been doing this and, and working with people that are in this space, right. Moving, transitioning from, from their working lives to their, to their retired lives. And it's going from a salary as we're talking about from the company that you work for. In transitioning to essentially the same thing, you're taking a salary, of course, right? To, to fund your living expenses in retirement, but now that salary is coming from the amount of capital that you've accumulated over the, that that past period of time, right, your retirement portfolio. Hmm. And that's an emotional switch for, for because now there is, I guess the first the, the the biggest thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is it's real. You know, I was working. I had I had the power to impact how much I worked or whether or not I stayed at a particular job or or went somewhere else in my working life to earn more money. You had that power, you had that ability to market yourself and and make more money. And now you transition to a point where oh okay now i'm living off of my portfolio which is fantastic from my perspective in terms of thinking about all the possibilities there but certainly there's an element of emotion and perhaps fear and trepidation about oh geez you know i at least the the feeling i get been talking to a lot of folks and many folks that go through this is geez I'm losing a little bit of control over my financial well-being that's in a nutshell that's what I sense in here not just today yeah. um, my entire career um, um, this is a this is a big one of the biggest transitions folks go through and there's and there's that feeling of a little bit of a, a loss of control over their their financial uh, circumstances or well-being
0: which is kind of crazy because isn't that what people want anyway? Right? Everybody wants to be free, but then once they're free, mm-hmm. you kind of don't like oh, this is a scary I've got to rely on myself. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um I, I spoke in so many ways, yeah. Um and um, but I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that um we want to be free from the job or the, the career that you've been at for so long, perhaps. And it's not that it's negative. It's just moving into that transition of life, retirement, and dealing with your finances now in a little bit of a different way. Um, it's just different. Yeah. Just different. Yeah. And it's, and it's, um, it it's um, difficult for many folks, various levels to, to get used to. it. I would say the word is, it's just unfamiliar.
0: Hmm. That's a good reframe. That's a good reframe. I also think about as you're speaking, you know, we say retirement and for people who are maybe like not in their 60s, they may think like, man, that's like so far off. What do I need to do listening to this? Like, what, why am I listening to this? But so many people, mm-hmm. first of all, time passes by very quickly. That's just a fact. Um, the mm-hmm. second thing is that so many people quit or change directions over the past few years, like during the pandemic, so many people decided, mm. well, yeah, I'm not gonna do this, I'm gonna do whatever, X, Y, Z. And so in some ways, whether they were or weren't at traditional retirement age, um, they may have become more self-reliant in some ways or mm. needed to. And this is a relevant topic, regardless of what you know, what one's age is or life stages.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I and to your point about folks becoming more self-reliant and perhaps more folks being forced to adapt and adjust given the, given the pandemic and everything that went through it, um, you know, perhaps that does um, prepare folks for making decisions in retirement. I, I think it's also to me, you know, Sitting back and and taking a look at, geez, you know, uh, there are because of the ongoing and relentless increase of technology and 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 just how the economy works, how capitalism works. uh, There are a lot of different ways these days to make money or or enhance your income and so on. We 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 saw that come to the forefront in in certainly the 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 pandemic and people having to be at home and everything so um but i think it's still you know for somebody that is making that transition it still can be a difficult one to adjust to for sure
0: yeah 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 and what do you what about people who are like potentially freaking out maybe that's too strong a term but getting very concerned when they're about to retire or maybe they just retired last year and all of a sudden the market starts doing this up and down business yeah. and that's yeah what what do you, what do you do with those folks
1: <laughs> Yeah it's funny you made you made me think of one of my one of my longest standing clients and how I remember when he became a client years and years ago one of the things he said to me i was talking to him on the phone we were ready to get we had already gone through the planning and 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 many many conversations and he's like hey ben okay we're 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 all sounds like we're all ready to get everything implemented based on the plan that we worked so hard to put together but i have one request and i'm like okay great yeah What what is it and and he said um right before you implement my portfolio, I want you to call all your clients and tell them to get the hell out of the market. <laughs> and um, and so we're all set to go. And he, and he makes this one request, says, hey, I need you to do something right before we implement, we get everything invested. And I said, what's that? He said, I want you to call all your clients and tell them to get the hell out of the market. I'm like, why? He says, every time it seems like I've invested in my life when I put money to work or or invest in something everything goes to crap for the next six months or so and uh that was a good laugh of course and he was he was uh he was just fooling around but it is it does shine a light on a common feeling that I'm about to make this huge huge impactful decision and everything has to go right Right from the get-go and throughout. And you know, when it comes to all of this money that someone has accumulated for long periods of time and then going back to that the concept of switching from a salary from a job to a salary from your portfolio, and perhaps losing a little bit of that control, I think folks today and 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 prior, right? It's no different is that it they they it can be approached a little bit of trepidation and to your question going into retirement today or really over the last few years and having to experience the pretty pretty good amount of volatility that we've seen um it can be um it can be challenging emotionally for folks to to for folks to uh, approach that and that's what i'm talking to a lot of folks about right now is is um, they're, you know, investigating or, or, or digging more into what's driving the fear behind, um, um, you know, some of the things that, that they're, they're thinking about right now. And because we know, right. We know that historically speaking, certainly the market always trends upward and that these volatile periods while it feels like the last few years we've had a few of them which we have are in fact temporary and things and things move on to higher highs over time um so it's that ongoing conversation just to help people understand that despite what the the perceived causes are of these patches or periods of time it's important to it's important to to focus on the things that you did together or at least that you hopefully did with the financial advisor to properly plan and fund your portfolio with investments uh, in a in a plan to 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 ensure to the extent possible that your hard-earned capital ends up outliving you yeah. that makes sense
0: Well, it does make sense, and then there's a part of me that really wants like something something to touch and hold. Right? Mm. (laughs) It's like, okay, this all sounds great, and I buy into it. But what about for those people who go pragmatically? Mm. Um, Okay, what 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 about my what's my cash flow situation going to be like? Like, who knows? We may be in a dip for a year or a little bit longer or two years. What do I do during this time? So, some like pragmatic approach to Mm. weathering. One or two or three years of I don't know a a down market if one could even one could call it that hmm. yeah, and
1: especially in retirement, I, I think certainly what we do at least, I think is also is in in fact a pragmatic approach. It's look, let's go into retirement, let's plan to go in retirement with two years of um money set aside for contingencies, and that that contingency, the big one is something that we in our business. The fancy term, I suppose, is called sequence of returns risk, if that's what you're asking about. Mm-hmm. And essentially what that is is that what, what is the what is the impact on a on someone's long-term retirement income if, particularly in the early parts of retirement, the first few years of retirement, the market goes through a period of time where, and I'm not saying it's this one, particularly right now. I'm talking about a long, deep, protracted um um bear market and um, so what we do as a pragmatic approach is to plan as retirement is come is is approaching to set aside a comfortable amount of money and that's determined by um, their approximate or expected living expenses in the first few years of retirement. So very simply that if we do go through, an extended time period of tough markets, that you have a cash that represents a period of time, two years is is often what we use, that you can use to fund your lifestyle while the market ends up recovering, which it always does. And so that is to me, as much as as it is a calculated and financial approach, it really serves to be more of an emotional cushion mm. for folks to just, you know, think about it. It's like you let let's say that that that's you, and we say, okay, we're you've got two years of you've got two years of your needed uh, income set aside in the bank. So then I, I get I'll, I'll turn the question around. then then what does that do for I would say most folks, does that provide a source of comfort knowing that, okay, there is this fear and of this this uncontrollable market force that I'm in in retirement now, right? And we know we don't have any control over what the markets do, but we do know historically speaking that no matter what the cause has been, no matter the 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 depth or what have you of of uh, the the various and many bear markets that we've gone through if you have a couple of years of money set aside and you've got a portfolio that can is well positioned to not protect you from the volatility which is an important point but over time has proven to outpace significantly the, what i consider the biggest the biggest threat to somebody's retirement income, which is not volatility, but is your cost of living rising. Yeah. And um, and for many folks that we talk to, having that cash bucket for contingencies set aside um, has been something that has doesn't solve everything, but it, it does provide some sort of cushion, both literally and emotionally for folks.
0: Yeah, well, as I was just listening to you say two years of, I mean, man, that's a lot of money, um, <laughs> to 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 park aside, and mm-hmm. I, I I imagine, yeah, psychologically it feels good to know that for two years, right? I'm I'm covered. Mm-hmm. But you did say something that piqued my interest. You said protect me from volatility and then the rising cost of living. So I'm thinking, okay, so if back to the original answer to the question about people on the cusp of retirement or retirement. And Mm -hmm. your salary goes from being the salary that you get from your employer or the money that you take from your business, if your portfolio becomes your salary provider. So if if I'm in my 70s and 80s, now nobody very, you know, people may not want to think about that, or maybe they're there, right? 70s or 80s, where do I need to be with this portfolio? How How is this portfolio gonna provide for me? I'm 50 now and I want to have this thing feed and clothe and bathe and provide for me, not only for me, but for future generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what kind of, you know, you said protect from volatility. What kind of volatility do I need to be exposed to mm-hmm. in order for this thing to be able to actually work as the engine that it is?
1: Yeah, well, well let, me, let me ask you, um... If in fact you you want to be and you seek to be protected from this volatility, what type of risk does that expose you to? And I think you're 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 getting at it in your question, right? Yeah. Are you willing to put yourself at risk of being 75 or 80 years old at that point and quote unquote? running out of money and outliving the amount of money that you've accumulated, not that you haven't saved diligently, not that you didn't have every intention of making your put, trying to put yourself in the best financial circumstances you possibly can. But what if your strategy was wrong? Mm -hmm. Your strategy of, I'm paraphrasing the words that you use in your, your question, but your strategy of something on the surface sounds reasonable, which is trying to shield yourself and your portfolio from volatility. What, what, what do you do then entertaining that notion? What do you do when you, when in your perhaps fifties and sixties or when you're entering retirement, you're, one of your main objectives is to shield yourself from volatility and we all know that right it's 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 empirical evidence that um right um to let me use just more traditional <laughs> phrases the more risk the more return the less risk the less return so if you're on the the ladder phrase and you're saying, okay, I want less risk. I don't want to experience volatility in retirement. And what happens if that quote unquote strategy turns into something down the road where you have put yourself at risk of outliving your assets at 75 or 80 years old? That's, I'm not not trying to avoid the answer. I'm just trying to give folks something to think about in terms of what may feel safe might not be so safe does that make sense
0: oh yeah I'm I'm having like a oh that would not be good (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) to be because as you're speaking it occurs to me that the real risk is not what people traditional using again traditional terms the risk of being in the market the real risk is this oh my gosh I am not going to make it. I am my money's not going to last. Like the real risk is actually running out of money. The real risk is not being exposed to the fluctuations of the market. Is Talk about doing. being out of control. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Right. Didn't
1: at the beginning of of when we we started this today, we talked about that that feeling of losing control. Right. When you go when you go through any transition, when things are not as familiar to you because you just haven't been in this part of your life yet. You're entering a different part of your life. You feel like a sense of you've lost a little control in particular to this subject of, of your earning power, right? Because now you're counting your portfolio. But gosh, what happens if the strategy is wrong and you're 75 or 80 years old and you've lost your financial independence? That's yeah. tough
0: that that's is a, tough, that's a tough, tough one. Yeah. You use the word risk and then you use the word volatility. Mm-hmm. Can you say more about that?
1: <laughs> so volatility is my definition, my words, the, 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 the rate or the fluctuation of the value of your investments in the short term, right? Going through a year like this year, we've seen some great, tremendous volatility throughout the year. You know, the the, the value, anybody that has money invested, the value of your portfolio, depending on how you're invested, has had some swings associated with it, swings in value. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, in so many words, is the definition in of volatility risk, on the other hand, while those two words are used interchangeably, like a like like it's common right, Robbie, to hear, I don't want a portfolio too risky,
0: yeah, you just said it, you said more risk, more return, less risk, mm-hmm. you
1: know right, you said that mm-hmm. right, so. Uh, okay, so so going a little bit on that, I don't want a portfolio too risky. What well, what does that actually mean to me? Or the next question I ask is is actually the question you just asked me. Well, what does risk mean to you? And to me, risk is not volatility. Volatility, it's proven, is short term. Yet risk in the context of entering retirement and being in retirement to me is the risk of the strategy, not working the risk of getting to a point in your life where your assets that you have are no longer able to support your lifestyle. That to me is risk. Volatility is something that is a point in time. Mm -hmm. And Anybody entering retirement has to understand now, whether they end up investing this way or not ultimately is up to them, but they have to understand that volatility is temporary and the markets, the diversified markets, owning great companies over long periods of time has never lost anybody, any money losing money. In the stock market is a human endeavor, not an economic or market phenomenon. So, we do experience fluctuations of value in your portfolio as we're going through this year and as we go through all the time. That to us is not risk. Risk is is the strategy right or wrong for what you're trying to accomplish? And, um, does that make sense in terms of the differentiation of of risk and yeah, volatility? Totally,
0: totally, and and I, I it's such a such a shift from just what people understand and mainstream. Whether you like you turn on the news or whatever, and it's that they don't speak about it like this, and the way that people get all hyped, all the hype around market volatility puts people in kind of a fearful position, whereas what you're saying is saying, this is the good stuff. This is like the vitamin you want to take. Your portfolio needs the volatility, and you should be in it, because otherwise, you run the real risk (laughs) of not making it at all. So that's a really powerful distinction. I also loved what you just said about um, losing money in the markets as a human endeavor. Wow. right? Because I'm the person that, I'm the one that gets in the way of my success or failure by not being able to withstand the volatility. Mm. And, and I didn't, I mean, I may
1: have said it that way, and that's my words, but the concept itself is not new, right? I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a guy out there, Warren Buffett, many people have probably heard of, that talks about this really, or has talked about this particular phenomenon all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually just recently watched a clip of him speaking at a large meeting where he talks about intellect as it's correlated or not with success in investing. And his, in so many words, I'll paraphrase, but in so many words, his intellect really has nothing to do with it. The most successful investors, novice or otherwise, or professional, are ones that have the greatest temperament temperament versus intellect and i see how that makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense for us because intellect really when we're talking about something that is unknown and happening in the future intellect can only take you so far and it's very little right because you nor me nor the top phd in economics in the world does not know what's happening tomorrow or next year, right? Or is going to predict a global pandemic or Mm. anything like that. So this comes down to your understanding and ultimately getting to a level of comfort of, of looking back at history and saying, geez, you know, look at all the things that we as human beings, the economy has had to withstand over these long periods of time. Yet look at us as human beings and in these companies again and how we've been able to innovate and um, and work through all of the many challenges which ultimately has produced for all intents and purposes, an average of about 10% per year In terms of average annual return over long periods of time, I'm talking about the diversified stock market, owning some of some uh, number of the the best companies in the world over long periods of time. That that's a fact. That's a historical fact. So, if you have confidence in humanity and you're optimist, you're optimistic. I don't mean to be facetious at all. I'm just. If you're if you're an optimist about why we get out of bed in the morning, right? In terms of human beings to achieve and to innovate and to gain fulfillment, not just monetarily, but but um, personal fulfillment in terms of achievement. And because a company is is not a a, a company, yes, is an entity, but a company really is a, a collection of human beings working towards a common goal and and when those human beings were all working best and and the, the management of that company is strong and and they're able to innovate and produce and 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 um that drives the value up of that company and the world is filled with these companies um and we benefit over long periods of time by investing in these same companies and so all the things we talked about today, risk and volatility and, and nervousness, and trepidation about my retirement. And um, I think taking a, a big step back and looking looking down at what is all this about or what, it, what should it be about in, in my portfolio? And am I comfortable understanding that, hey, this has worked tremendously over, over history. And I want to make sure that I can benefit from that and, and continually throughout retirement, um, continue to build my income so that my, all my capital that I have earned and, and accumulated outlives me and is able to impact future generations and causes and everything that's important to to me and my family going forward. That's what it means to me.
0: I love it. Um, You know, what I particularly appreciate is how much perspective you bring to this. I have so many takeaways from this conversation about having hope and optimism and that there really is such amazing potential and companies that you guys actually work with companies or invest in companies, find companies that are good companies or great companies getting even better. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's an inspiration to take the conversation that started at a point of anxiety and to bring it to a place of uh, inspiration. um, uh, That's 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 amazing. And that's why I so enjoy talking with you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And there's a um, and likewise, and there's a book, right, that talks a lot about this, that we that we uh, that is near and dear to our heart. You want to talk just a, a second about the book?
0: Well, I mean, I'll just say what it is. And maybe you can speak about your relationship with the book. It's called Dancing with the Analysts. Mm. And um, it is a financial thriller. uh, So it's not really anything that's like bookish or academic. It's a Mm. fast paced uh, novel uh, about uh, a young man who inherits a significant amount of money and is up to a challenge. A challenge Mm. has been set for him and in a way it mirrors a lot of our journeys right cuz like mm-hmm. at some point you know most people are not going to hit the lottery most people are not going to inherit something but we will all hopefully acquire um access to this savings to the investments mm. that we've been accruing over time and in some ways that is a kind of a lottery win what do you do with that money mm. so, yeah, that's my that's my little synopsis. But I'm hoping you can add something to add to that. Oh,
1: I, love, I love how you put that because it's right. And, and and when I think of the word inheritance, while traditionally you think of oh, you all of a sudden get this windfall from this outside source, you know, whether somebody in your family passed away or you uh winning the lottery or, or what have you. But isn't isn't retiring and now accessing the capital that you've accumulated? over a long period of time, isn't that sort of like an inheritance, right? It's money that you haven't touched for a long period of time. And now you've, well, if it's a retirement account, you've hit the age. Now you've surpassed the age where the IRS allows you to start taking money without being penalized. So in a lot of ways, you can look at your accumulated capital, your retirement capital, as an inheritance in some way, shape or form of when you hit a certain age and you choose to retire, that's your inheritance. And now just like in the book, you're tasked with a challenge of figuring out how you can achieve uh, a certain amount of return on this inheritance, on this capital over a long period of time, and in a retiree's case, is to it to achieve your long-term goals, with retirement income and supporting your lifestyle being one of them. And for a lot of folks that we work with, it, there's 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 certainly other very important aspects too that they want to that that they want to uh, achieve as well. And so the book, to me, while it covers, as you said, a specific circumstance of a younger gentleman receiving an inheritance and having this challenge, having this task. Um, The book to me is really um, um, represents what all retirees are going through as well. And the decisions that they're going to be faced with and how incredibly important it is to be educated on this topic or have the right professional or professionals helping you make the decisions that are going to impact significantly whether or not you're able to achieve those goals down the road. Yeah. Dancing with the Analysts by David Malik. Um, It's a book that changed my life, has changed the lives of our clients. And we, um, we, uh, you know, for folks that reach out to us and inquire, we'll actually send you a copy of the book to introduce you to it. And uh, you can reach out to us at social at um, or find us via our numerous social media sites from Instagram at BeckBodie and others. Um, really enjoyed this today, Ravia.
0: Me too. So good to see you.
1: So good to you want see to you. to introduce well. yourself? <laughs> sure. Um, I'm Ben Beck. I'm the chief investment officer of, uh, and co-managing partner of Beck Bodie. We are a wealth management firm located or headquartered in Dedham, Massachusetts. But as I uh, mentioned uh, very early in the call, we have various locations, our newest location being in Traverse City, Michigan. Um, and I'm currently sitting at my home in my wife's office today. I'm not in my regular office upstairs, so changing up the location all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Rabia?
0: Keeping things interesting. So my name is Rabia Tagavi, and I am a big fan, friend, and follower of Beck Bodhi all things Beck Bodhi. Mm-hmm. and uh, really appreciate your very deliberate view on investing in life. It's always providing me with different perspectives of looking at things. So thank you so much for inviting me along on this journey.
1: <laughs> all right. Thanks, Rabia. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All
0: right.